48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the University of Hong Kong microbiologist says it's strange for the government to require people returning from eight African countries to spend only seven days at the Penny's Bay Quarantine Centre. The president of the Foreign Correspondents Club says he's worried the authorities want news outlets to keep to an official line. And the president of South Africa has described other countries' travel bans imposed over the emergence of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus as Afrophobia. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Holpak Leung has urged the government to put fully vaccinated Hong Kong people returning from eight African countries in quarantine camps for 21 days to prevent the spread of the new Omicron variant. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Dr Ho said it's strange for the government to require them to spend only seven days at the Penny's Bay Quarantine Centre before moving them to quarantine hotels for another two weeks of isolation. The government hasn't explained why it's adopting such a strange arrangement. I believe there wouldn't be a great number of passenger flights from the eight countries in southern Africa. And if we're not expecting a lot of Hong Kongers returning from these places, there's no need to move them around. It will involve a lot of administrative work and may not be so appropriate for the travellers. They have to book quarantine hotels, and there are some loopholes at these hotels which haven't been plugged. The president of the Foreign Correspondents Club, Keith Richburg, says he believes fake news can't be regulated through legislation, saying city officials have not defined the term. He was speaking after Chief Executive Carrie Lam said that prevention is better than a cure when it comes to stopping fake news in the media and disinformation on the internet from harming society. Mr Richburg explained that reporters are already fact-checking their stories and expressed worries the authorities want news outlets to keep to an official line. Because they keep talking about media organizations and fake news, we're worried that they're going to try to put out one official line, one one way you're supposed to talk about things, and anyone who deviates from that official line would, could be accused of spreading disinformation or fake news. That's the danger. Because and if that were not their their goal, then they should be differentiating between legitimate news organizations that have ethics and correct their mistakes versus ordinary citizens who put out deliberate disinformation online. And I say deliberate disinformation because you don't want to punish people just for putting out a story or putting out something on Twitter that turns out to be a mistake. Malaysia and Singapore have resumed cross-border travel via a vaccinated travel lane across the Johor Causeway, a motorway bridge that links the neighbouring countries. A total of 1,440 fully vaccinated passengers on board 16 buses coming from each direction will be allowed to cross daily. Rene Loy, a Malaysian citizen working in Singapore, said the arrangement is convenient. It's definitely more convenient compared to the previous uh, arrangement because now that we, when we go back to Singapore, we don't have to do um, any quarantine anymore and we can actually save the cost for the PCR test. Both countries will also launch vaccinated travel lane flights between Changi Airport and Kuala Lumpur International Airport. The president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, has criticised nations that have imposed travel bans since the discovery of the new Omicron variant of the coronavirus in his country last week. Mr Ramaphosa accused them of what he termed Afrophobia and urged them to urgently reverse their decisions. These restrictions are completely unjustified. The prohibition of travel is not informed by science. The only thing the prohibition on travel will do is to further damage the economies of the affected countries. 
and undermine their ability to respond to and also to recover from the pandemic. Health ministers from the G7 group of leading economic powers are to meet virtually later today to discuss how to respond to the Omicron variant. The BBC's Charles Haviland reports. The United States becomes the latest country to enforce a flight ban on southern African countries as the world scrambles to restrict the spread of the new variant. But even as flights are grounded, more countries are reporting their first cases of the disease. Its degree of severity is still being assessed. The World Health Organization says it is not yet clear whether it is more transmissible than other variants or causes worse illness. The G7 health ministers will later today weigh what more should be done to prevent a resurgence in the pandemic. The United States' top infectious diseases expert, Dr Anthony Fauci, has defended the country's travel restrictions imposed in response to the Omicron variant. The US plans to ban travel from South Africa and seven other Southern African countries starting from today. During a television interview, Mr Fauci stressed that the purpose of any travel ban was to buy time to ramp up preparedness. When you diminish or stop or block travel from a particular country, there's a reason for that. It's to give you time to do things. So don't let this, this uh, uh, decision that was made about blocking the travel from certain countries yeah. go without a positive effect. And the positive effect is to get us better prepared to rev up on the vaccination, to be, to be really ready for something that may not actually be a big deal. But we want to make sure that we're prepared for the worst. And that's what we should be doing. The United Nations tourism body has said the coronavirus pandemic will cost the global tourism sector two trillion US dollars in lost revenue in 2021 and called the sector's recovery fragile and slow. It said international tourist arrivals will this year remain 70 to 75 percent below the 1.5 billion arrivals recorded in 2019 before the pandemic hit. The president of the Honduran Electoral Council, Kevin Aguirre, says turnout in presidential and parliamentary polls has been massive. Security across the country was tight amid fears there could be a repetition of the violence that followed the last such elections in 2017. These voters in the capital, Tegucigalpa, said they hoped there would be real change. Honduras is tired of so many human rights violations, of so much impunity, corruption, poverty, misery and pain. So with great strength, faith and hope, people are turning out to the polls looking for a change. This government has its eyes closed to the reality in this country and they're not seeing the people who have real needs. The time has come to choose a president who thinks about the entire country and not just their sector. In financial news, US-listed Chinese microblogging platform Weibo is seeking to raise up to 4.26 billion Hong Kong dollars in a share offer in Hong Kong. It's the latest Chinese tech company to list closer to home as tensions with the United States rise. Here's Aaron Tam. Several US-listed Chinese tech firms, such as Alibaba, have held initial public offerings in Hong Kong over the past two years as the United States has stepped up scrutiny of Chinese companies. Listing in the SAR is seen as a hedge against the risk of being removed from US exchanges and a way of accessing an investor base closer to the mainland market. Nasdaq-listed Weibo, China's answer to Twitter, said in a filing that it plans to sell 11 million shares for as much as $388 each. Shares are expected to start trading on December the 8th. It said it will use the funds raised from the Hong Kong listing to boost its user base and for research and development. 
Trading of shares for Sun City Group, a Hong Kong-listed junket operator, has been suspended. In a stock exchange filing, the group said it will make an announcement regarding news coverage of its chairman, Alvin Chow. Macau police said yesterday they arrested a 47-year-old businessman surnamed Chow, along with 10 other people, over illegal gambling allegations. The arrests came days after mainland authorities issued an arrest warrant for Mr Chow. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,931. That's 150 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $82 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.67 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 39 cents. To sport, where we start with football and the English Premier League, where leaders Chelsea were held to a one-all draw by Manchester United at Stamford Bridge. A goal from Jadon Sancho early in the second half put United ahead before Jorginho equalised with a penalty. Chelsea boss Thomas Tuchel says his side played well and should have won the game. Yeah, so we have to swallow the result, but uh, we can and we have to because there's no, no room for doubts. We played a, a fantastic match of football. I'm very happy. We dealt today perfectly. We did not give away uh, transitions um, in the second half, I think, twice from, from set pieces, which is pretty unusual for us. But in open game, we were very disciplined. We were sharp. I'm, I'm happy with what I saw. It was a pleasure to coach on the sideline. And to see it, I think the spectators loved it, and that's what it's all about. We cannot guarantee results, but when we when we play like this, there's a, we can increase the chance for results, and of course we deserve to win, and we have to take it. Sometimes it's like this in football. Goals from Ilkay Gundogan and Fernandinho gave Manchester City a 2-1 win over West Ham at the Etihad. The result lifted City above Liverpool into second, one point behind Chelsea. City boss Pep Guardiola says his side could have scored more. So at the end we went to one, but the important is that we played and the chances we create, we could have been three or four. This is the most important thing. And uh, the important absence that we have, the people come here, the guys who came out, all of them, all of them, they were brilliant in, in many, many aspects. So, and, and that's why, that's why we won a lot. It's because the mentality of these guys and every day, every three days or four days, they are there doing what we have to do. And today, Guys, we cannot forget against which opening we played, we face, and they are they have everything. Set pieces, they are so strong, and they defend really well, and in the counter-attack, they are a machine. They attack the channels like no team in the Premier League, and and they have, to me, you know, more possession ball with with Benarama, with uh, Lanzini second half. They had the quality to play. Declan Rice is an exceptional player, so we know we know how difficult they are. And that's why after Champions League today we knew how difficult it was and, and we play we play more than decent well to win for a better margin. Elsewhere in the Premier League, Leicester City moved into the top half of the table after a 4-2 home win over Watford. Jamie Vardy scored twice for Leicester. Everton have gone seven games without a win after losing 1-0 at Brentford. In Italy, AC Milan missed the chance to go top of Serie A after losing 3-1 at home to Sassuolo. Napoli's 4-0 win over Lazio extended their lead to three points. In Spain, Real Madrid remained top of La Liga after beating Sevilla 2-1. French leaders Paris Saint-Germain defeated Saint-Étienne 3-1 to extend their advantage to 12 points. Lionel Messi assisted on all three PSG goals, but they lost Neymar to an ankle injury. The Brazilian forward was stretched off in the 87th minute. 
Tributes have been paid to Frank Williams, the founder and former team principal of the Williams Formula One team, who's died at the age of 79. Under his leadership, the Williams team won nine Constructors' Championships and seven Drivers' titles during the 1980s and 90s. Those titles included one each for British drivers Nigel Mansell and Damon Hill. Williams moved away from the sport last year when Williams Racing was sold to US investors. More from the Formula One broadcaster James Allen. A true original, uh, one of a kind, uh, a real battler. Um, I have many, many dealings with uh, Frank over the years and... um, he loved cars. He loved the speed. He loved the noise. He loved the thrill. He loved the racing. And he, you know, he put himself through all kinds of, and his family, through all kinds of challenges over the years. Obviously, he famously um, was always uh, flat out. He, he was uh, driving a road car back from a test in the south of France when he was 43 years old and broke his neck, which is what put him in a, in a wheelchair. And, and after that, he still managed to win multiple world championships, you know, with the likes of Nigel Mansell and um, Nelson Piquet, Alain Prost, Damon Hill. Um, so a, a true a true gentleman, um, a, a very, very smart guy, very tactical. His father was um, in the RAF, so he grew up with a kind of military background. So he always had that sort of, that sort of discipline, that kind of rigor about him. But also there was a certain amount of chaos and improvisation. And famously, he was so broke at one point in the early stages of running his Formula One team in the 1970s, he was actually operating from a phone box. He didn't actually, he couldn't afford to have an office. And he managed to turn it around from there to be, to dominate Formula One racing in the late 80s and, and early 90s. And of course, gave the British public, uh, through Mansell and Damon Hill in particular, so many great, great memories. In American football, the New England Patriots have won six in a row. They defeated the Tennessee Titans 36-13. to Quarterback Mac Jones passed for 310 yards and two touchdowns, while the Patriots' defence kept the Titans off the scoreboard for the entire second half. New England improved to 8-4 and four to stay top of the AFC East. In the AFC North, the Cincinnati Bengals hammered the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-10. to to the weather forecast, it'll be fine and dry this afternoon with moderate north to northeasterly winds, which will be fresh offshore tonight. The outlook remaining fine and dry in the next few days with temperatures falling progressively. It'll be about 13 degrees on Thursday morning in urban areas, a few degrees even lower in the new territories. It'll be cool in the mornings in the latter part of the week and the temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large. Currently the observatory, 25 degrees, humidity at 52%. To end the news, the top stories once again. A University of Hong Kong microbiologist says it's strange for the government to require people returning from eight African countries to spend only seven days at the Penny's Bay Quarantine Centre. The president of the Foreign Correspondents Club says he's worried the authorities want news outlets to keep to an official line. And the president of South Africa has described other countries' travel bans imposed over the emergence of the Omicron variant of the coronavirus as Afrophobia. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 29th of November is today's date. Big thanks to Phil for the morning brew. We've got three things on today's program. 